Hi, this is Dave Durr, and after a three-chapter intermission in our Exodus story, due to the people's disobedience, and then followed by Holy God's dealing with it, now we return to God's instructions to his people. The focus is turning to the construction of the tabernacle. It's good to remember that when the Israelites' very existence in the wilderness was totally due to God's provision, they had quite a bit of time on their hands. And as a result, uh, God was giving them an important assignment to complete. Let's read Exodus 35. Then Moses called together the entire community of Israel and told them, these are the instructions the Lord has commanded you to follow. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on that day must be put to death. You must not even light a fire in any of your homes on the Sabbath. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle in its sacred tent, its covering, clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the ark and its carrying poles, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, the inner curtain to shield the ark, the table and its carrying poles and all its utensils, the bread of the presence for light the lampstand, its accessories, the lamp cups, and the olive oil for lighting, the incense altar and its carrying poles, the anointing oil and fragrant incense, the curtain for the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the wash basin, basin with its stand, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and courtyard and their ropes, the beautiful stitched garments for the priests to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments for his sons to wear as a minister as priests. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers, and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. All those who owned the following items willingly brought them. Blue, 
purple and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, and tanned ramskins and fine, fine goatskin leather, and all who had silver and bronze objects gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord. And those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. So the people of Israel... Every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the, the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all areas of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones, in carving wood. He is a master at every craft, and the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahasmach, the from the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. So today we see Moses here as God's chosen leader and spokesman presenting the need for contributions from all the men and women who are willing uh, for the completion of the tabernacle. This included all necessary resources or treasures. This list is not exhaustive, but we quickly get the picture that anything of value was being requested. And of course, inherent in this request was a request for people's time. Additionally, we, we readily notice that it included, it also included the people's talents and their abilities. Overall, this request of God for the people's time, their talent, their treasures, immediately followed by the people's positive response to God, truly was an acknowledgement that all they had, in other words, all that they owned, was from God. It was His, and they were, by choice, returning a good part of it to Him for His dwelling place. We can only assume that there was no delay in the people's quick response to this request made by God, because when they heard the request, they immediately formed committees and set up meeting schedules to discuss and argue how to best implement the plan. They also began organizing discussion panels to seek what would be a fair amount for each person to give and determine how much they could keep for their own use, or better yet, seek to determine if they could be reimbursed in some way for their time. No, 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 no. No committees, no panels or forums. Instead, the text says that they left Moses and went to their tents to prepare their gifts. They moved into action immediately and with purpose, with joy and thanksgiving. God was making a request of the people to give their time, which due to their circumstances in the wilderness, they had quite a bit available, but also to give their talent and abilities, which all of them had already 
and they were aware of it, so they really didn't have to try to figure that out, but also to give their treasures, their valuable resources, the greatest portion being the booty from the Egyptians. Personally, I have learned that giving my time, my talent, and treasures is an act of worship that is expressed toward God. This act of worship on my part extends far beyond a gathering on Sunday morning and beyond devotional times during the week. I'm worshiping God daily with my time in the way I use it, realizing its value to God's kingdom purposes. Also, I'm not only worshiping God with the use of my abilities, but I'm also using uh, or worshiping God with the use of my abilities, but also because I'm a follower of Christ, I'm worshiping him as I put my spiritual gifts into play in his kingdom. The very gifts given to me by the Holy Spirit. These gifts are kind of like supercharged abilities on steroids. These are gifts that the Spirit gives each of us to use for the development and maturing of His church. And lastly, I'm worshiping God with my treasures, the resources God has given to me. My worship of God can flow from these three areas of my life. Stepping back from this reality, let's look at a couple of questions to gauge where each of us are at relative to these areas. And this would include me as well. Let's look at the three T's here. When it comes to, to uh, your time, talent, and treasures, do you find it difficult to be generous as you return to God what he has generously given to you? I know for me, I sometimes think of my time as just that. It's mine. My preference seems to be to use it for my pleasure, my purposes. And then when it comes to my abilities, I often see these again as mine to use, to bring my personal enjoyment and fulfillment to a reality, or to make money, to buy and own stuff, or even impress others. How about you? Here's another question. What has been the most difficult tea to let go of and surrender to God? For many years early in my marriage, I struggled the most with treasures. Of course, it was, again, my money. I worked hard for it, and there were things I wanted to buy or re replace or purchase the latest and the greatest model. Yet over time, I learned that returning the resources to God that he had given me so generously is closely connected to my heart and love of God. In fact, God says a lot about money in his word probably because he knows that money and possessions would be a tenacious competitor for our hearts. I found that out. What has been your experience? What would others say about your heart? What would God say? When I would withhold my resources from God, I was demonstrating a lack of trust in him. I was also living with a scarcity mentality that if I gave X amount away, I was losing it forever. To me, it was a zero-sum game. I also find my, found myself growing in anxiety about my finances and debt, and that anxiety handcuffed me for many years. But I kept promising myself and God that when my financial situation changed, then I would start giving. Once I got on top of things, then I could go on that mission trip. How about you? In what ways are you able to relate to this?
Have you experienced the connection between your heart for God and your checkbook? Or for that matter, your time or your abilities and gifts? You know what I found out? I learned that God's concern is basically my heart, where my heart is. Who has my heart? He desires it all, my heart that is, not just a piece of it. He knows that when my heart is right and when my heart belongs to him, all the other stuff, each of the other three T's begins to fall in place and into his service for his glory, his purposes. Everything changed when I began experiencing the joy of giving out of my heart of love and gratitude for God's gifts to me. This led me to planning for ways to be even more generous with my life, my time, my abilities and gifts, and my resources. When my heart began changing, everything began changing in these three areas. I found that there's absolutely no scarcity of resources in God's economy. It's just the opposite. There's an abundance that is already being poured out and lavished upon each of us. That ongoing experience gave me a whole new perspective of worshiping the King. And here's something interesting and fun. And this is, is going to come complete with a spoiler alert. When we move into chapter 36 tomorrow, we will find that just six verses in, Moses had to tell the people of Israel to bring no more of their treasures. He said, you've already given more than enough. That's incredible. Uh, what would that sound like on a Sunday morning to hear this? People, stop giving. We have more than enough. Would that be a pretty good reason to celebrate? I think so. But not only because we receive more than enough, but also because people's hearts were opening and their generosity was matching God's more than enough generosity. That's transformation, people. And that's kingdom living. So how about you? Where is your heart today? What condition is it in? What's your generos generosity quotient? What might you be holding back from God because of fear or anxiety, maybe rationalization, maybe a lack of trust? Is it your time, your talent, abilities, or spiritual gifts? Is it your treasures or money, your resources? What steps could you take today and even this week to move forward and grow in one of these areas? Consider that today. And let's pray. Father, we do acknowledge that because we are your children, all that you have is ours. We are your heirs. Thank you for your gifts of time, our abilities and gifts, our financial resources. May our lives continually spill out out of uh, an overflowing heart of gratitude for all you've done for each of us. May our trust in you grow daily as we step away from self-centered and self-focused thoughts and narratives. And then may we experience a heart change that will move us closer to you. We ask you, Father, to help us leverage the gifts and resources you've already given to each of us, not for our own purposes, but for your kingdom purposes and your glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Have a great day.